up, everybody? You're listening to the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. I'm your host, virtual marketing coach and fellow creative soul, Miranda Rodriguez. In this podcast, you'll get expert marketing guidance that you can implement on your own, and you'll learn how marketing your business can be simple, doable, and fun. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast, episode number 130. If you like what you hear, please be sure to hit subscribe and leave us a review. Thank you so much for listening and for sharing. I really do love hearing from you. And for those of you who are listening and debating whether or not now is a good time to work together or trying to figure out how best we can work together, just schedule the free no obligation marketing consultation. It's just a free short marketing chat and I promise you will have a win within that 30 minutes and you'll have a plan, a sense of clarity, organization, and support when you're finished. So why not do that, right? Even if you have no plans of moving forward, I love seeing your faces and talking marketing with all of you. So give yourself a little taste of what it feels like to have some support and schedule that at marketinguninhibited.com. And um, in case you haven't heard about it oh, enough already, right now I'm running a pay what you can pocket coaching service. So I've been wanting to offer a pay what you can service for a while now. Um, I really want to be able to work with all of you and to help those of you who aren't in a place for one-on-one coaching yet. And so how this works is you send me a message, an email, a DM, a text, and you let me know that you are interested in pocket coaching. You tell me the problem you need help with, and then we set it up. I send you my Venmo or PayPal account. You pay what you can, and we go back and forth problem solving via voice notes on Voxer, Marco Polo, or in iMessages. Those all work. So let me know if you're interested in this. I think this is a super fun way for us to get connected and for you to get marketing support. All right. Hello, everyone. How's it going? I am... So excited to share today's episode with you. Um, I took some time off from solo episodes, and after these two, you probably won't hear from me for a little bit because I have um, two interviews, actually three interviews that I'll be sharing with you. One about brand photography, one about copywriting for your website, and another about social media management and how not to feel overwhelmed. And so um, I wanted to get these two episodes out to you so you have them as you are catching up on the podcast and maybe working through your holiday product product and packaging creation. Um, so today's episode where it's all about one of my all-time favorite topics. So last episode, we were talking about our behavior as business owners and getting caught in the trap of being consistent and maybe not spontaneous or creative enough. And today, we're talking about the behavior of our consumers. So consumer behavior is, in fact, the reason why I got into marketing in the first place. I took a marketing class in high school with Mrs. Larkin, and I wonder if she's still alive. I don't know, but thank you, Mrs. Larkin, for getting me to this spot. I loved it. Um, And it started with (laughs) 
Around this time in high school, and really like as long as I can remember, I was just always fascinated by my grandpa's jeans. I wrote an email about it. It's on my about page on the website. Um, But really, it's the first time I can ever remember, of course, I didn't have the term consumer behavior, but being interested in consumer behavior. Why my grandpa, the where, the why, and the how of my grandpa buying his jeans. I was just fascinated by it, right? Um, and that that began my interest and my obsession with consumer behavior. It was my most favorite college class. I did go to college for marketing, and I took a lot of business courses, um, some not so fun like business, finance, <laughs> Also important, finance and economics, but not my favorite. Um, Consumer behavior is really where I plugged in. So what is it? I'm going to read you two different definitions. Well, I'm actually going to give you three definitions today, and you can kind of um, cherry pick the definitions that, that best suit you. So the first definition is from an old college textbook. And just so you guys know how old (laughs) this is, um... In the opening pages of the chapter for consumer behavior, they use Netflix as an example. And let me just read this to you, okay? Netflix, an online provider of DVD rentals via postal mail, could have gone the way of other dot-coms, dot-bombs. <laughs> Instead, the company focused on changing consumer behavior and serving its customers as a result Its subscriber base has grown to a profitable 1.5 million households. And obviously now we know that that number has probably, who knows how many households Netflix is in. And they've done a great job of keeping up with the times and meeting the demands of their consumer because they understood the consumer behavior. So the definition of consumer behavior in this textbook is... To understand consumer behavior, we must ascertain why people buy products or services or services. Generally, people buy one product or service instead of another because they perceive it to be the better value for them. That is, the ratio of benefits to costs is higher for that product or service than for any other. So that means... That when your consumer is evaluating the benefits of buying with you or buying with someone else, they choose you because whatever perceived benefits they have in their mind outweigh those of the perceived benefits from the competition, okay? So stay with me. This is kind of a more technical marketing podcast, and I am going to try to keep it Short. Um, so the next definition then is from HubSpot. You know, I love me some HubSpot.com definitions and their definition is customer behavior refers to an individual's buying habits, including social trends, frequency patterns and background factors influencing their decision to buy something. Businesses study customer behavior to understand their target audience and create more enticing products and service offers. And then quite simply, let me boil it down for you with my own definition. Consumer behavior is the why that drives the purchasing power of your target audience. Okay, that's it. It's the why. Why are they choosing to spend money with you? That is their purchasing power. They have purchasing power through money, through their choices, 
Um, now we have social media, which adds to the purchasing power, right? You can share your choices and your selections and your word of mouth a lot faster than you used to be able to. Um, and that the process for consumer behavior, we talk a lot about the customer journey, which is their journey with you. Um, but we don't often talk about their purchasing journey, which is a little different, right? So as a consumer, the consumer behavior process, the consumer goes through this process of number one, recognizing that they have a need, right? So maybe one day you are looking around, you're trying to decorate your house and you realize that you don't have a certain type of, like maybe someone gives you flowers and you look around your house and you say, oh my gosh, I don't have a single flower vase that I can put these in, right? I mean, I'm a big fan of just (laughs) saving glass jars and recycling those as flower vases, but maybe you like want to level up your decor in your home and you want a flower vase, like that's a piece of art that you can leave out on your mantle, whether or not it has flowers in it, it can stand alone. So it's a need recognition, right? You look around, you, you identify a problem, you have a need, you have a problem to be solved. Number two is information search. Once you identify that problem, you start doing some research on who and what and where, how can you solve that problem? Number three is alternative evaluation, right? So let's say you find like handmade ceramicist vases on Etsy and now you spend time comparing a little bit. Are you comparing on price? Are you comparing on the type of material used? Are you comparing, um, is it, you know, locally made, handmade, or did it come from overseas, right? Um, And then once you've made that decision based on factors in your brain, like psychological needs, functional needs, all of these factors play a role in a consumer deciding whether or not to purchase something and from whom to purchase it, then you, the consumer purchase it, purchases it, right? And then you have post-purchase, which is whether or not the consumer leaves that interaction with you as the business owner feeling satisfied or remorseful. Do they feel like this was a great investment or do they get this product or service? Do they experience it and they feel like, meh, wasn't worth the money, right? We've all been there before where you go to a restaurant or you get, um, there's a, a local restaurant here that I do love for some cocktails and some appetizers, but anytime we eat dinner there, Marshall and I are like, why do we do this? <laughs> it is never, ever, the quality never in my mind, matches the price that they're charging. And so we generally, if we go out to dinner at that place, which we don't anymore, but we have a couple times, um, we leave feeling a little bit remorseful, kind of like, oh man, we just spent that money on a nice dinner and a date night and it wasn't great, right? Um, So thinking through need recognition, information search, alternative evaluation, purchase, and post-purchase. Those are, that is the consumer behavior process. So this leads me then, and all of this was inspired by um, a report I received in my inbox from Spotify. It's the Spotify Culture Next Culture Next report, and I went on a little bit of a rant about it in my stories because I felt like 
At first glance, this report was a little bit deceiving. So I did some research and I found that Spotify has almost 400 million listeners monthly. 400 million of us signing in to Spotify on a monthly basis to consume podcasts or music or whatever. And then when I did some searching around in the report itself, I was able to find that they only had 510 respondents. And although I just got this report in my inbox this week, which is November, mid-November, um, the survey was actually conducted all the way back in April, so six months ago. And so at this point, these trends could already be shifting again. So this is just something to be aware of when you are doing your own customer research, um, making sure that you are surveying them often, you're getting feedback in real time. This goes back to the idea of experimenting faster, of engaging and asking questions with your consumer at every possible opportunity, whether it's in person in the store, sending a follow-up survey, doing polls in your Instagram stories, um, just making sure you are you have your pulse on how they're feeling and the problems that they're having in your industry, okay? Um, so I just wanted to say that, pay attention to the data you're consuming and make sure you're asking questions. Um, and also be careful not to like overgeneralize too much or, um, you know, to stereotype, right? Like if you only have a handful of people reply to a survey, is that actually representative of how your target audience feels or are they just the loudest ones at the moment? Um, so really taking that into account. Always be questioning things, people. All right. So I am going to share, though, eight things that Spotify references in this report. I did like how they laid out the report itself, um, which has suddenly disappeared from my computer. So um, what I liked about it is that it is, well, first of all, it's Spotify, so they do a great job like visually presenting it. Um, and throughout the report, I mean, it's, it's long. It's 31 pages long. They have all different types of statistics and things. Um, but And it's divided into sections. And in each section, they have a category on the right-hand side that says what it means for brands. So like, here's all this data, and here's what it means for you as a brand. And I just really, really loved that about that. I thought that was a really great way to kind of um, condense and summarize all of this information that they gave you because sometimes that can be overwhelming when you're just looking at a bunch of like numbers and charts and things. And so I pulled out my eight favorite and the ones I think that'll be most relevant for you out of their um, what it means for brands sections of each section. <laughs> okay, let's go. Number one, think about interests not demographics. And this is a conversation I've been having with a lot of clients really getting away from demographics, which are things like age, location, um, and getting into more psychographics, like personality traits, characteristics that set your target audience apart from others, right? So for a long time, they use an example here, gamers, like video gamers, was shorthand for young and male. But as of 2019, 44% of total Spotify gamers are female. Um, and it says, you know, get in with your audience through the content they crave by sponsoring their top playlists. So this is just an example of how you can interact with Spotify 
Um, but if you go big picture here, I think it applies to all of us. Thinking about interests, not demographics. What are the common interests of your target audience? How can you focus on that versus focusing on like their age and their gender and things like that, right? We're shifting those identifiers a little bit. Number two, build campaigns for collaboration. People want to be involved. So foster a connection by including them in the creative process. So for example, they said um, Calvin Klein drove their audience to a digital experience to ask, what do you hope for? And once they answered with their specific dream for the future, they could then add one song to a collaborative playlist for that specific hope. Again, this is how brands are partnering with Spotify, but we can take a step back and apply this to our own brands and think about how we can build campaigns for collaboration. Where are the opportunities for audience, your audience to really, really, truly engage with you on a level that's deeper than purchasing power, right? Just being able to choose with their dollars. Like, can you invite them into the creative process? Number three, keep it conversational. Obviously, this is something I'm a big fan of. You know this by the tone and my messaging all across the board. I know a lot of you are the same, um, but whether you're running a scripted advertisement, um, a podcast ad should reflect how people talk in real life. And this just goes for all of your messaging. I think it's really important as small business owners, a lot of solopreneurs, um, that we are messaging reflects how we actually speak in real life. And this can help you if you struggle with writing or getting your points across in an email or in an Instagram caption, talk it out first and then take those words and turn, you know, type them out, like transcribe it. Um, so keep it conversational. Number, I didn't number these, one, two, three, four. Amplify the conversation. Um, so I think this is an important topic because... I know a lot of you, I mean, especially in the past couple of years there, and I, I, okay, I struggle with talking about some of these things sometimes, amplifying things, passing the mic, because I feel like it can be really trendy for people to talk about those things. So I want to say from a very genuine perspective, you have to do this in a way that is aligned with you and your brand and your values and authentic to you. So amplifying the conversation means aligning your brand with other brands, with other podcasts, with other, you know, however you are cross-promoting, making sure you're aligning with brands that promote representation in your given industry. Um, and so Spotify gives an example of how they partnered with a production company formed by the Obamas to produce powerful stories that entertain, inform, and inspire, and to lift up new diverse voices in the entertainment industry. So you just want to make sure that that's coming from a genuine, authentic place and not from uh, like a place of, I feel like this is what I should be doing or um, a place of like peer pressure or something like that. Okay. So amplify the conversation. It is important to diversify your business, to diversify your conversations, to diversify your the models and the faces of your business. Um, and you get to determine what that means to you in your specific business. All right, the next one, pair your product with a playlist. 
I thought this one was so fun. Um, so branded playlists provide an opportunity to engage and entertain your audience through the music they love. The best branded playlists are supported with a robust marketing strategy. For instance, M&M's brought back their limited time messages packaging, which featured Spotify codes to match their messages to branded playlists. Scanning an M&M's pack that says Slay Girl opened up an M&M's playlist of songs by powerful female artists. So how can you get creative? So in this case, we're thinking about the entire customer experience, right? And getting creative with the ways that we continue to engage with that customer after they've purchased from us. So post-purchase consumer behavior. In this case, they purchased the M&Ms, they scanned the code, and they got this playlist. And then maybe they loved it, and they saved it, and they continue to listen to it, right? So that's an opportunity for you to increase your brand awareness and to further the brand experience. So pair your product with a playlist or your service or your holiday packages, whatever. I know a lot of you love Christmas, and I would be so interested in like a holiday... Christmas or not, maybe just like a holiday playlist because I don't. Um, Marshall actually created one for us that everybody loves. It's a big hit. So, you know, have fun with it. Again, just like such creative, innovative ways to stay relevant and top of mind with your audience. The next one, match the call to action to how your audience listens. Are you paying attention to how they listen and how they consume? When your audience is listening through connected devices, such as speakers, game consoles, or even in their car, most likely pairing their streaming with another, they are most likely pairing their streaming with another activity, right? So thinking about this, when you're listening to this podcast, I am willing to bet most of you are doing something else. You're driving, you are creating, you are on a walk with the dog or doing dishes or something, right? You're multitasking. So if you listen to my journal prompts, you'll often hear me say, close your, eye, close your eyes if you can, or grab your pen and journal if you can. Otherwise, just think about it, right? That's because I know most of you are multitasking and I do the same. So match the call to action to how your audience consumes. Are they able to do that right now based on how they are consuming whatever it is you've put in front of them? Um, so let's see. The, for instance, Oasis, a Coca-Cola brand in the UK, ran audio spots whose call to action simply asked listeners to buy more of their soft drinks so the brand could advertise less. All right, the next one. Bring listeners together through your brand. Position your brand as the center of connection for listeners or your community within your industry. Whether you're the technology they use for online study groups or the product that's a must-have for in-real-life interactions. For instance, Miller Lite created a digital experience that allowed users to generate a personalized Spotify playlist based on their musical tastes. They were encouraged to share their playlist with friends who could also have their streaming history analyzed combined with both sets of songs into a collaborative playlist. Again, going back to the playlist, I mean, for those of you that like that love the holidays and love holiday music, what if you invited your guests to contribute to like have them send you a song 
in your stories, like drop a question box. What's your favorite holiday song? And then you take those songs and you compile a Spotify playlist that's now branded because your customers built it, right? Like how cool on so many levels to have that, those touches, those um, levels of engagement. And just somebody make me a, a damn holiday playlist, okay? And then next, finally, align your brand with authentic podcast personalities. But let's just take the podcast out for a minute. Align your brand with authentic personalities. All right? Anytime you are thinking about partnering with another brand, I want you to consider whether or not that's an authentic relationship that's in alignment with your own values and does it make sense for your audience? Are your two audiences aligned enough that it makes sense, right? As millennials, social bubbles grew smaller in the pandemic. This is what Spotify says. Listeners' connection with their favorite podcasts grew stronger. Leverage that trust and connection that listeners have with podcast hosts through unscripted endorsement reads. And this brings me to another point for those of you who are looking to advertise or to increase brand awareness. I highly suggest um, if you have some smaller podcasts that you listen to and you want to get out there, reach out to them. Do they... Are they accepting podcast sponsors? Could you advertise them that way? Could you be a guest on their podcast, right? Podcasts are such a great way to get in front of new people. Um, Whether you are a guest being interviewed on a podcast, whether you have a guest on your podcast, or you are sponsoring or advertising on someone else's. So just making sure, though, that it's aligned with your, your brand and it's authentic. All right. That's it. I know that was a lot of information. Um, Did I tell you I love consumer behavior? I do love consumer behavior. So I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up here. I just want to remind you all that pay what you can pocket coaching is available, and I do have two one on one coaching slots available for the end of the year if you're interested in that. Um, Otherwise, I hope you have a great rest of the day. You probably want to take notes and listen to this again. I will put. the link to this report in the show notes and what else did I need to in the link to the HubSpot article about consumer behavior in the show notes as well. So thank you so much for being here. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. DM me, let me know what you thought of this episode or if you have any questions about it. Have a great day. Hi, friends. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a marketing or journal prompt episode. And please leave a review so more people can find us. Are we friends on Instagram yet? Head over to at Marketing Uninhibited to say hi and let me know what parts of marketing you're struggling with. If you're ready to take your business to the next level with a customized four-week marketing action plan, visit marketinguninhibited.com to schedule your free 30-minute discovery call today. And remember, marketing your business can be simple, doable, and fun.